Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. This is a special episode about the 2023 Baseball Card Hall of Fame ballot that Ray from Philly, that's Ray Fonio, Mike Steveline, and Victor Roman have been working on. Delightful to share my picks with them. I'm sure I won't be batting a thousand for the choices I made, but I give my rationale a lot of fun going through it with those guys as I've done in past years. But thanks, sponsors, Tops Panini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Hugging the Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, CompC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. Probably a distinct vintage flavor of this episode because all the cards are at least 20 years old. So it's cards from the turn of the century, as well as uh, all the way to, I think the most recent card on the ballot is 2001. So I had a good time. I give my rationale and those guys are doing all the hard work. I'm just looking at this ballot as you should do. As I said, I'll put the link in my show notes, but just look it up on YouTube, probably on Ray's channel, as well as just Googling the 2023 Baseball Card Hall of Fame ballot with that Ray and Victor and Mike have assembled. It's a pictorial, so you get to see the card and you check off the 10 that you like out of the 40, 40 good choices. So I did that. And you can see, uh, you can hear what I did. I actually was on their channel. This is just an excerpt reducing down to my 15-minute format. You can see on YouTube the, the way they dealt with it. So thanks, guys, and thanks, everybody, and here it is. First card on the ballot, Cap Anson from 1887, the old judge. Is this the right card for him? Old judge, is, it was a landmark issue of the five or six Anson cards you put up, the Mayos and the Buckners are not as good. The Goodman Champion is a beautiful card. Alan Ginner would be a worthy candidate, but Old Judge predates those others. The second card from Goodwin Champions, the Mike King Kelly. I compared both these guys, and I thought, either Cap Anson, I wasn't going to take both. And I think King Kelly should get in, not just because it's an amazing-looking card, great addition to any collection he had historical significance as well but so did cap anson so i leaned toward cap anson on the old judge and i have mike king kelly waiting a little bit but not for long another wagner card we do have obviously the t206 portrait card in there but this is the caramel card he does have a few more here that i was looking at but we picked the caramel one I don't even know that it is the second best Wagner card. It was not on my ballot. Next one's the Ramley, Walter Johnson, the best card in the set. I'm voting for it, guys. I mean, it's a fabulous card. Back in the day when I was first collecting, Ramleys were always revered, and they had a special place because they were an odd size. Right. They weren't two to a six size. They weren't Gaudi size. They were in between. I learned this was like the most expensive cigarette that you could buy back in 1909. On to Cy Young, the glove shows. Couldn't vote for it. When I'm thinking T206s, I'm not thinking about Cy Young. I'm thinking mm -hmm. about Wagner and then Plank, which is the next guy. Okay. I voted for Plank. A great card. but uh, Okay. So here's a few other Cy Youngs. None of those dominate the others. But Cy Young needs to be in at some point. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm in with Plank. If this were 40 years ago, Plank would be first ballot, first group. Yep. Mount Rushmore of cards back in the 80s. The T206, the speaker. Found some more speaker cards. Yeah, I'm looking for that T207 brown back. <laughs> yep. 
but uh, too many T206s for Dr. Beckett. The M116, there ought to be some representation. Those are beautiful cards. All right, we got the Lou Gehrig card, rookie. He first came up in 1923 and played a few games, but his first full year was 1925 with the Yankees. Can a rookie be an oversized card? <laughs> uh, not an exhibit, not in my book anyways. The distribution method of it was inside of these vending machines, just never really viewed as a rookie card. You're right, Victor. Historically, that's true. But the last 10 or 15 years really has been recognized as a rookie card, which I'm with you, Victor. It breaks all the old rules, but then enough people are chasing it that's driven the price way up. But generally, exhibits are a bargain because they're oversized and they're thick stock mm -hmm. and distributed through arcades and places like that. I really think this is a worthy card, and I did vote for it. What about another Garrick here? I couldn't do both, but that is on a lot of people's <laughs> rail list. I've never had that card. I could have had it, and I don't have it, and I'm frustrated because that's mm -hmm. a great card. But that's not why I'm not voting for it. I'm not voting for it because I voted for the exhibit. Okay. But for a reasonable period of time, this card should get into. It's yeah. the key card of a really tough set. There are way less of these DeLongs than there are 33 Gowdies. Yeah. The set size is 24 cards, and the 15 of the 24 are Hall of Famers now. Moving on, it's Dizzy Dean, rookie card from his Gowdy. Who's at best the seventh best card in the set? There's four Ruths and two Gehrigs. He doesn't compete with them. It's a beautiful mm -hmm. card. Maybe it should get in there eventually. He was a personality. He was a great pitcher. He's worthy of being in the Hall of Fame, but I'd make him wait a little bit. Okay. okay. 1934 Gowdy Hank Greenberg. Your Beckett Almanac says this is a rookie card. I think it is. I think he'll eventually get in this Baseball Card Hall of Fame, but I didn't vote for him this time. But a worthy candidate. Yeah. And he doesn't get as much respect as he should. Gowdy heads up with cartoons Joe DiMaggio. I think this is one of your suggestions. Yep. And number one, I would eventually vote for it. I didn't have room on my ballot this time, but you're totally doing the right thing by choosing the second series that has the cartoons. Yeah. I believe they're slightly tougher, but they're also just more of a work of art. The detail. Mm -hmm. I have that card. I love that card. A rookie card, a Yogi Berra, 1948. Is this the right Bowman card? It might be an opportunity to go more toward a regional or some other kind of a tip top or something that was different, but on bread, perhaps. Yeah. So does Barra have your vote or not? No, I didn't, but I like the card. So the next card is this 1950, 51 Tolst It didn't get respect back in the old days. Mm -hmm. It wasn't very well known. Anything that was outside the United States, because this is either a Cuban or Puerto Rican mm -hmm. or some other kind of card. And then all of a sudden when the hobby started growing, and people looking for other stuff. This is a great card. The significance of this card being not just Josh Gibson, who's arguably one of the best baseball players of all time, but also somebody that brought in this acceptance of cards produced outside of the United States that went for big prices. Otherwise, the Pelé card and in, in some of these other things, that wouldn't mm -hmm. be happening if it wasn't for this card. Yep. Yeah, Josh Gibson played from 1930 to 1946, so this is a post-playing days card. I found one card. It's a postcard of him. Have you ever seen this? 
I don't have that. I don't have either one of them. Yeah, yeah it's a quite expensive postcard. So that's the only type of card that I could find of his playing days. You guys are opening up the vista of collectors seeing that collecting cards is international. It's broader than people think. Open up people's eyes to say, not only was there another Negro League thing going on that had fabulous ball players, other countries producing cards. And mm-hmm. so I, I think there's some historical significance of this card. And it's really caught fire now in the last, like I say, 10 or 15 years, but it's a great card. Yeah. All right. Here's another great card, but we've already have a few mantles in. We got the 52 tops, 51 Bowman, 53 tops, and 56 tops we have in right now. And we only have one space open because we made a rule, Dr. Beckett, yeah. of no more than five from the same player. Yeah. Because it would be just overcrowded. So does the mantle have your vote this year? No. What about a K-Line? Did he make the cut? I didn't vote for him, but I love the card. And when you think of 54 tops, you're thinking about Aaron first, then Banks second and K-Line third. But Banks and K-Line were pretty even for a long time, but both of them are great. All three of these should eventually get in. Another 54, Wilson Franks, the the card that you just found. Uh, I was voting for it because I now am sure that I have it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I love that card. Condition really rare because of the white. So much of the white, it just shows if you got any kind of corner wear or edge wear, it's really obvious. It came in a hot dog package. In the old days, the guys that had all the top sets and all the Bowman sets, it was how many of these regionals, how many of these hot dog cards do you have? And this was always an iconic card. Awesome. Okay. All right. What about the human vacuum cleaners? Birch Robinson get in yet? I love Brooks Robinson, but I did not vote for him this year yet, even though it's in the tough series, but I'm going to make him wait. It's one of my favorite sets in the fifties. Yeah. Frank Robinson's in. That's the only one of those four that he's in. What other Brooks card would you put in? That's arguably the card to put in. I think he has the 67, the short print high number, which is pretty valuable, but that's number 600 or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's gotta be his rookie for Brooks. I know you know the picture there, but if you show Brooks in his 57 card and then Brooks in his 58 card. Oh, it's a terrible card. Looks like it's his, it's his little brother or confused cousin. Yeah. It's not a great pose. It's not a great picture. <laughs> Whereas in 57, you see all the potential of this future Hall of Famer. Yeah. Right, speaking of 58s, we have the Roger Maris rookie card with the Cleveland Indians. I made it wait, guys. Eventually should get in because even with what Aaron Judge has done, this guy had an amazing season in 1961 under immense pressure that probably contributed to his early death. In fact, there's a Hall of Fame for your best five years. He's in first ballot. Yeah, easily. Just didn't have the longevity, and I think that took it out of him. Yeah, two-time... AL MVP in 1661, and they retired as number nine at uh, Yankee Stadium. So, yeah, he passed away in 1985 at age 51. It was from North Dakota, just a really yeah. Midwestern kind of guy. Stick that guy in the Big Apple. That's tough. Oh, that's tough, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Absolutely. This guy was definitely tough, Tom Seaver. This is a rookie card. Tom Terrific. What do you think? 
I didn't vote for it. 67 Brooks Robinson, number 600, was the toughest card for me for 67 high numbers. The Seaver was tougher than the Carew, but I'd make Seaver and Carew wait. If you keep going for a number of years, they'd eventually get in. But right. it's a great card. It's a tough card. I like the aesthetics of the 68 card better. With yeah. The, yeah. With the trophy. Yeah. So would you have this one wait too, the 68, even though it's not as hard to get? Absolutely. I was updating my spreadsheet to take to the national with me. Everything on my list seemed to have gone down about 20% on average, except for that Tom Seaver rookie card. It 3X'd in the last year. Next, an iconic card here, 1968 Tops 3D, Roberto Clemente. I'm predicting you're going to say yes. He's my guy, but I think mine is blank back on, and I got it in the 70s. Yeah, That was the time to get anything that's valuable <laughs> like that. It's a contemplative pose, clearly the best card in the set of a set that it may have been really just a test issue. Looking for the one with the exograph on the back, because I think that's the tougher version of it. Okay. What about Michael Jack Schmidt? Sean Keating's going to kill me, but I'm just not ready to vote for this card. It's a great card, a key card in the 73 set, but I don't vote for that much in the 70s and 80s of heavy bias toward vintage. And this is still vintage, but it's more recent vintage. Okay. Would you rather have the 74? No, I think the 73 is... 73 is the better. Okay. It's good. Of Say and Hilton and Schmidt, in 73, Hilton, I think, was just as touted. Is those other guys. Yeah. And Say really had a great career. He did. And Schmidt, after one year, there'd be a lot of people giving up on him. The, the manager wanted to. But after he got going, 600 home runs later, the guy is arguably the best third baseman of all time. Yeah. No. All right. Speaking of home runs, we've got a guy who hit a few right here, Eddie Murray. His best card. It did both ways. What you're showing is a pretty well-centered card, which is not happening that often. But Brad Askew's going to kill me, but I just can't vote for the Eddie Murray. It's a tough card. All 77, 78, 79, a lot of those years were not good quality control for tops. There's a little help there, a Photoshop centering and stuff. I'll admit it. I doctored these photos. So. <laughs> it's your honesty. Yeah. Restored. So you can put restored on my slab. 